This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Dustin Goodwin. He's in the HR industry, specifically in the software as a service space, looking to increase his revenue. So congratulations, Dustin, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show to build your idea. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. All right, Top Tribe, coming up tomorrow morning, I've got Catherine and Alan with me, and they're going to break down how to sell 10,000 best self journals, and they have a surprise. Top Tribe, good morning to you. Our guest today is Tony Stubblebine. Tony co-founded Coach.me, which was formerly Lyft, on the idea that positive reinforcement and community support could be deployed universally to help people achieve their goals. Prior to Coach.me, he was the founder and CEO of Crowdvine Event Social Networks, which built simple, powerful social software to help people connect and meet. He was part of the Wasabi launch team, director of engineering at Odeo.com, and engineering lead for O'Reilly Media. He's the author of Regular Expression Pocket Reference via O'Reilly. Tony, are you ready to take us to the top? All right, let's go to the top. I'm ready. Uh, nice. I'm excited. So first off, real quick, what is? why does Odeo ring a bell? Is, is, isn't that what Twitter came out of? It is. I it was the head of engineering at Odeo, probably Jack Dorsey's last boss. That's uh-huh. probably my management claim to fame. <laughs> I love and that. I'm uh, Twitter employee number six. Very Twitter, cool. Uh, Twitter user number six. That's but I only worked there during the audio days, not not after Twitter got spun out into its own company. So I won't go deep into this, but since you had a firsthand kind of view, which book that articulates or movie that articulates kind of the Twitter founding story is most accurate? You know, for the book Hatching Twitter, I'm the <clears throat> only person at Odeo who refused to be interviewed for that book. And basically I did it so that I could write my own book one day. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm the only person who can credibly say, no, everything in the book is wrong. You didn't talk to me. I know what actually happened and I'm ready to tell all. So what, um, so you, there isn't, you'd say there is not a good, a good, a good story out there right now that captures it accurately. You know, the thing about hatching Twitter, which is the most complete uh-huh. is that two things that people should know the article form, which was real, really about kind of stirring up controversy. I think it appeared in the New Yorker was total bullshit. But the book itself is basically true. The story rang true. A lot, all, almost all of the facts that I knew about were wrong in some minor way as I read the book. Mm-hmm. But the actual story of it felt true. Um, and to me, that the Twitter story was a you know, kind of the story of salvation. It's a it was a product that came out of a failing company, and you know, where it's sort of behind. The, you know, the team was behind the whole way through. And it wasn't that the co-founders were feuding at the, or that there was any sort of scandal. It was just they're constantly trying to upgrade the team in order to keep up with what Twitter ended up being, which, you know, obviously had nothing to do with where we'd started, which was podcasting. O- Odeo was podcasting? 
Yeah. Oh, we that were, is fascinating. We were a podcasting directory. And so me and, you know, Ev, one of the other Twitter founders who was the CEO of Odeo when I joined, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're both like kind of flabbergasted that podcasting is still a thing because, you know, we were Tony, you know, it's not just a thing, it's getting hot. You guys were know, just before so your time. Hot. Right. That's the thing. But you know, we wrote five years early off in two thousand six. We we're like, our oh, podcasting will never be a thing. <laughs> but like we had written it off, you know, almost ten years before it actually was ready. And uh, so you know, we were both early adopters, but I think now and especially I feel like I'm I was an early adopter and now a late adopter of podcasting. Did you met, have you yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, have, has, have you messaged Eve recently or Ev and, and, and said, hey, we should get back into this whole podcasting analytics or platform thing? I won't tell you what he told me, uh, but, you know, he has his hands oh, full. Come he's on, a, come he's on Tony. Well, you know, he's like, well, maybe podcasting could be built into Medium. And then, then you know, like both of us are like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Well, let's let's fast forward now. Let's talk about Coach.me. So what's the business do and how does it make money? Yeah, it's great. In a way, we kind of lucked into this because we had this huge, um, uh, you know, this really huge initiative to build a traditional eyeballs business, which was based around a, a goal tracking community called Lyft. And at some point, we just realized it was never going to get quite big because, you know, the standards for an eyeball business when I started working in startups in 2005 was our rule of thumb is if you got 300,000 users, you are guaranteed at least a major acquisition. Uh-huh. And now if you can't get 50 or hundred million users, you're not really anything at all. And so we were, you know, we got to a million users pretty easily, but I, it just looked like the slog to get to even 10 million was going to be impossible. And plus the with, thing with that company I, with, with Lyft, with Lyft yeah. well, it's technically the same company. Okay. And the thing with Lyft is that I, I really wanted to work on much more bigger goals. Like the thing that excites me is elite performance. Like how do you become a great entrepreneur? How do you become a great athlete? And what Lyft was really excelling on was habit. So like I was on the path to keynoting the American Dental Association annual conference because we had helped more people floss than any other organization in the world. I'm positive, Mm -hmm. but I don't care about that. That doesn't make me happy. What makes me happy is when someone says like, hey, I started this business or hey, I'm getting like 10,000 things more done per day and I got a huge raise and now I'm the VP or the CEO, right? Like those things get me really excited. And so in order to get there, we felt like the coaching needed to be a lot more powerful and lift the coaching was very like automated. It was the software in the community did it. Mm-hmm. And so we recruited, the first thing we did is we did a project with Tim Ferriss where we recruited people out of our own community to uh, coach a challenge that he was running. And it was amazing. The Which people one? That had, it was, <laughs> I call it the uh, no alcohol challenge, although there is more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> there's some knowing enough. laughs here yeah um, anyways it was an accident challenge of, of several sorts you yeah there, there you go and, um, <laughs> the thing though for me though is mechanically it was a great early test because we made money and the people that hired a coach were three times more successful than than the people who didn't so i thought oh shit like we have wait can i say oh shit on this podcast yes this is always explicit yeah um Oh shit. Like we have Wait, market. can you say, say the oh shit one more time? That was good. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> and uh, like the revenue, the conversion, like every piece of it, right? So it was, um, we were running both sides. We were running the free side of the 
of the challenge and the paid side. And our conversion rate was like 5%. So, you know, like in freemium conversion, like you're lucky if you get to 3%. I just thought, all right, this is, this is huge. The, uh, the coaching quality was really good. People, like I said, people were way more successful. And I'd always thought, sort of thought we would end up in coaching anyways. And so, you know, that just, that spun us around and we realized like, this is where our real business is. It's going to be in coaching. And so a couple of months later, January 1st of, of 2015, 15. we relaunched as coached on me as um, a marketplace for coaching. But the thing though, that's different and harder and kind of sort of structurally different than any other marketplace is we felt like we also needed to invent the product that was being sold in that marketplace because traditional coaching is just really it had never been brought online and it has all sorts of problems because of that it's way too expensive you have no idea who's a good coach because you can't track any of the outcomes you wait um, tony so i want to cut you off because because we we keep these really fast really let's let me just let me just cut to it real quick this is a marketplace which is already a challenging business how do you guys make money yeah so we we take a cut of the coaching all the coaching happens through our online tools and we take if we bring the client and we bring a ton of the clients we take 50 percent, and then if they um uh, if they bring the client, they take somewhere between 70 and 90%. Okay. So I see top under on your homepage, coach.me and guys will link to all of this in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top one nine one. But Tony, I'm on your homepage. I see top mindfulness coaches. I see a guy named Nathan Suds there. I'm thinking, well, I need some mindfulness help right now. I click on Nathan and I, what I do, I hire Nathan for 15 bucks a week. You're taking yeah. 750 of that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. What do you mean if he, when you say if he brings the client? So just, you could call it a referral bonus or an affiliate system that, uh, that if the coaches are just want to use our online tools to do online coaching, because it's really a new branch of coaching Mm -hmm. that you have this sort of sports coaching and you have, um, you know, traditional life or professional coaching that looks almost like therapy, mm-hmm. you know, where you sit down with the person or you Skype with the person. Our coaching is, is message-based. And so I would call it digital coaching. I heard someone call it once micro coaching, but basically all of the coaching is happening via messaging on a daily basis. And what that means is that you actually have access to your coach every day, but it also means you need technology to make it happen. Sure. So if coaches are kind of using us for the billing, the, you know, the profile, like all of the, the, and then the messaging platform, then, you know, we're we're taking a much smaller cut of that. Understood. So give us a sense of size in December, 2015, how much revenue did the business do? Uh, I, I'll give you two senses of size. So, I mean, I really feel like our focus still is just, figuring out how to do this at the highest quality. How many years old is it? So we're, you know, 15 months we've been doing coaching. Okay. And so in, um, uh, in 2014, we are, we grossed $82,000 Okay. in 2014. And in 2015, we grossed $650,000. And in 2016, we think we'll gross $2 million. Okay. 2 million. And, and are there, I mean, gross is obviously before expenses. What are, are there big expenses in this business? What's that? Obviously when you say gross, that's before expenses. Are there big expenses in this business? No, we have no expenses except for the coach. 
which we're sharing revenue with them. Got it. So if maybe your goal is to gross two million this year, your biggest expense is going to be paying maybe up to fifty percent of that to to the coaches. Yeah, a little bit more. We end up paying more than fifty percent to the coaches because they are bringing in, uh, you know, they are bringing in a chunk of clients on their okay. own. Okay. And so, how many coaches are on the platform? That's a great question. You, I I kind of hate answering it because it's what I would say is we pay out to one hundred and fifty. Uh, per month, and we probably have ten or twenty oh, that take it really seriously. That's great, the, yeah. right? The real answer, though, is that you know you have all these people kicking the tires, and there's like probably five thousand coaches yep. in the database yep. somewhere. Well, you always get that right, eighty twenty rule. So, yeah, T- Tony, right. are you guys bootstrapped? Give me a sense of funding. Yeah, so um, we restructured the company at the end of last year, really with the knowledge that Coach Jimmy. Well, it used a lot of the lift assets as just a brand new thing, and we're super early on it. Mm-hmm. So we took a um, we took a seed round. No, 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 we have an open seed round that we closed the first part of it in December with institutional investors, and wanted to use the rest of it for um, uh, more strategic investors. So it's like a year. rolling. Is it a rolling convertible? It's note? a rolling convertible note. And then you know, our burn rate is so low right now because what is it? it it's like twenty thousand dollars a month. Okay, and top tribe burn just means you know what, how much cash is literally leaving the bank account when he refreshes bbnt.com. How much cash is out of the bank account every month? That's our net burn, by the way. So it's great. You have to always that like our salaries and server costs and all that are more than that. But once you take the the revenue from the coaching, um, it just you know into account where the net burn is is pretty low. Great. Um, yeah. And so what, so, and how much was that? Or okay, how much are you going to potentially roll the note up to? I think we'll roll it up to half a million, half a million. Okay, cool. Hey guys, I top tribe, just a key thing here. We, I have heard so many folks I'm speaking with doing this kind of strategy of rolling notes because it allows you to close it and then also leave it open and can basically control your supply demand curves with strategics and say they can fill out around and there's no other way to get in it. So I had a totally weird week as I was closing this note. And this is the other reason is I'm not even sure that we're going to fill the whole thing uh-huh. because I had a different set of investors trying to get us to do a priced uh, full round. Yeah. It's like to the point I did the full, like I met all the partners. Like, so it was pretty serious interest. Generally when you meet all the partners, that's when you know that they're pretty interested. Were they going to give you a valuation that you thought yeah. you could never grow into? Yeah. And so I, we're just not that far away from, from that. And so I'm actually not sure whether we're going to close the whole round. But you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about if possible is just LTVs. Cause for me, when I, lifetime I saying, values. Yep. Yeah. When I was saying earlier that, you know, like we're inventing the product, the way that that, that kind of shows up on the revenue side is in LTV. As our product gets better, the LTVs go up. You're talking and about that, lifetime value of like a coach or of someone who's hiring the coach? Someone who's hiring a coach. Okay. Okay. And w- so when you're measuring lifetime value, you're saying somebody, a unique user is hitting our website. Last month, they were only spending 10 bucks a month, you know, on, on coaching. And this month, they doubled to 20 bucks. That's success for you. That's increased LTV. Is that right? Right. And so if you look at it, I mean, the lifetime thing is over the, over the course of a year, what are, what are they going to spend with, with you? Yep. When we first rolled out coaching, you know, it was, it was really entry level coaching that was just focused on accountability and building habits. It's really simple kind of coaching. And this is the $20, $15 a week coaching that you were mentioning about mindfulness, which is just one of the many areas that people coach. Mm-hmm. 
coaching. And so our original LTVs were like $42 per user. I really remember that number per, per year, per year. And so I was like, shit, this is not like, we got to get this quality up. And we started digging into it. We did this round of, oh, well, there's a bunch of problems. Like we have to cut those problems out. And after that, the LTV went up to $90. Yeah, and then we cool. started realizing like, you know, what is, what are the upsells? How many of people actually hire more than one coach? So it turns out 40% of the of clients hire more than one coach. Cause at that rate, why wouldn't you hire a coach for everything in your, you know, that you care about. And then, then we started adding in phone calls. And so like, and then we started work, you know, and then we started getting enough data. And this is what really excites me is that unlike every other branch of coaching, we are sitting on all of the data about what works and what doesn't work. And so like, as you apply all in of terms those, of actually, in terms of actually ex- executing. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. I don't know how other coaching organizations train their coaches. No, they don't. It's, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Tony, I'm going to move this along because I want to get to sure. our favorite. I want to get to the favorite part of the yep. show. Before I do, though, tell me real quick. Uh, is Jack Dorsey a good employee? He's the best employee. Is he really? So. So, OK, I thought I thought you might say, no, he's uh, he's horrible. That's why he's CEO now. The, um, you know, the whole team was really chaotic and I mostly spent time dealing with other people's problems. And Jack was the only reliable person. He got a couple of bonuses for being a good employee. He's the only one that got a raise while I was there. Interesting. He was great. Super reliable. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you have asked me, how do I get my site going so fast and so cheaply? Well, I use HostGator. Specifically, they've got 4,500 templates. They've got a free e-commerce plugin. And quite frankly, I blow the heck out of their support. 24-7 support, which I love. It's ideal for WordPress. Okay, they've got a free website builder. All right. Now, I worked out a great deal for you guys that you can grab right now and jump in at HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Great. Okay, let's get to my favorite part of the show. Tony, do you know what time it is? No, I do not. Come know on, man. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, number one. What's your favorite business book? I was like, it's not 420. What is he no. talking about? <laughs> uh, my favorite business book. Oh, great. Um, God, you know, I just answered all these questions on Quora, and then now I've like almost completely forgotten them. You know, the thing that I think about all the time is the hard thing about hard things, which yep. is just like a life lesson. You're never done. And as soon as you solve one thing, it just exposes the next problem that you have to solve. Number two, Tony, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Yeah. I mean, I study Evan Williams really closely because he's the most like me in terms of approach. He's just very thoughtful, very calm, very kind, but also has a big vision for how he wants to see the world. And, you know, like in the press, you see a lot of really angry, super aggro people. And that's not really me. And so I just, I'm very lucky. I have his on my board and, uh, I, you know, I work one floor below him. And so I pay a lot of attention to how, what, how he works and what he does with medium. There you go. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like Evernote? <laughs> it is Evernote. It is Evernote. Okay. I, you know, the thing that people don't say about Evernote, but that I want to say is I canceled a lot of the other 
tools and that I used and that made Evernote better. Once I started putting everything in there, I, I, my to-do list, my bookmarks, my notes, all of that stuff, it finally made sense to start using Evernote search feature. And then that promise of, you know, Evernote being your outboard memory. It works. Finally worked. Yep. 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 Economies of scale. All right. N- number four, Tony, what's your situation? Do you have kids married, single? What's the deal? Uh, I have a California marriage, which means that we've been together 11 years, have two cars and a dog together, uh-huh. but are not married. Okay. <laughs> so here's the question. As you're, as you're building your business, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Um, if I'm not stressed, then I am. I'm a, I mean, you know, my thing is about performance and I'm a huge believer in the effective sleep on performance. It's about working smarter, not harder. You could work hard, of course, but when you are working hard, you want to be in peak condition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Last question. And before I ask it, Tony, how old are you now? I am 37. Okay. Take us back 17 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, you know, I wish I'd had the faith in myself to work on on life mission. You know, like now I say coach me is my life's work. I'm, I know what I'm going to be working on in 20 or 30 years from now. But I spent a lot of time thinking I need a salary. I need as much salary as possible. I need to work here because it's cool. I need to make, you know, my last company, I really worked hard just so that it would succeed, but I didn't actually care about what we were building. And I just think I would have been so much further along if I'd said, well, here's the thing I've always cared about. I've always cared about elite performance. Why don't I do something with it right now? And, uh, you know, I just feel like I'd be 10 years ahead. Well, guys, Top Tribe, there you have it. Tony starting off as Jack Dorsey's last boss, eventually pivoting and finding himself to Coach.me, where they'll ideally, again, gross over, what was it, $2 million in 2016. Tony, thank you for taking us to the top. Yeah, I loved it. You bet. Top Tribe, many of you heard me record and share the story of how we just sold my very successful business, Heyo, in episodes 171, when I got a very suspicious email from a competitor, episode 177, when negotiations got very tense, and episode 184, when we closed the deal and the buyer came on the show live. But now what? So many people want to know, what is Nathan doing next? Guys, it's very big. You have heard it before, actually. Find out what it is live at nathanlatka.com forward slash what's next. Again, nathanlatka.com forward slash what's next. Go there now to save your seat. They are limited and we are almost full. If you guys enjoyed Tony today, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Matt Smith. He's the founder of Latergram, which he grew to 50 grand per month, 500,000 users, and he's raised over $1.2 million dollars. 